for just a moment. I'm going to begin reading in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5, and I'll read on through verse 10. The Bible says in verse 5, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. And in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God word is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. You may be seated. Um, I was going through this, and, and as I'm putting the message together, uh, sometimes it's hard to kind of narrow it down to a thought. And uh, you go through, and I really thought about our faith tonight, and I titled tonight's message, Your Faith. And our faith is so important, and we don't realize how important it is to how we live our lives, not just inside the church or what others see, but how we live our lives outside this place. And I love the phrase that we see here. Paul mentions this twice, what manner of men we were among you, or what manner we were of entering in unto you. And I just want us to think about this for just a moment, that manner of person that we are, uh, when not maybe in the presence of others here in the church. Uh, if you look at verse 5, uh, right there, Brother Duke, you got a message. To, you don't need everything else around it almost. You can just preach verse 5, and uh, it would speak for itself. There's three-point outline there, maybe a four-point outline if you want it. Uh, but it's just a wonderful message from us, uh, from God to us. And I began to think about how this book of Thessalonians, First and Second Thessalonians, these letters, uh, our faith, our love, and our hope is to be a working demonstration for other people to see. And so people ought to see that in our lives. They ought to see that faith that we have. They ought to see the love of Christ in us. They ought to see the hope, the confidence that we have in Christ Jesus. We ought to be a walking, living testimony of what salvation is all about. We ought to have that kind of testimony when we're out and about. And I began to look at this and for all to see the love of Christ and think about it, we want to turn people to the loving Savior. So if we walk around sad with a bad countenance all the time or nasty or uh, harsh with our words or unkind toward others, how does that really display itself to others about the Christ that we serve? Now, our last message was on how our faith, love, and hope should cause us to do some things. There were three things that it should cause us to do. The first thing is it should cause us to be praying for one another. And then in that process of praying, it says remembering one another. And we ought to remember one another and then encourage one another. We ought to be encouraging each other in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and the reason that we're doing those three things is because of our salvation. And because of our salvation... We now, when we go out into the world, what manner of people are we when we go out into the world? What are we like when we walk outside these doors? What manner of men, and when that word men is used, it's not uh, in a uh, uh, masculine sense, it's in a neuter sense, it's just simply uh, neutral, it's saying mankind itself. What manner of men are we when we go out from this place? And so our faith in Christ is to not be a dead faith, but active. Your faith should show action. What we see in James tells us that, and, and, and we see that our, there ought to be action to our faith. And so the faith that we have is something that should be on display, and, 
And that display is demonstrating the love that Christ has for us and the love that we ought to have for others through Christ Jesus. This work is accomplished not by ourselves, but by the Spirit that worketh in us. And our works are to demonstrate who Christ is, that God may be glorified through the things that we do. And the things that we do, we do them not so that we might be saved, but we do them because we are saved. And we do the works that we do, and we display who Christ is because of our salvation. And this is accomplished by our works, and our works do not save us, but they show the world, the unsaved, the goodness of God. Two verses that I want you to have tonight, and you can write these down. We don't have to turn to these this evening, but in Titus chapter 3 and verse 8. The Bible says, this is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. Those of us that are saved, we ought to maintain good works. If you're maintaining something, you're maintaining something, aren't you? You're keeping after it. You're maintaining. You're staying after it. And so we're to maintain good works. And he goes on and he makes this statement, these things are good and profitable unto men. And so when we have our good works, it's profitable for others. It's profitable unto men to see this. In Matthew 5, 16, you know this verse well, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and do what? And glorify your Father which is in heaven. So here's the challenge for us tonight as we go to the Word of God. Do you provide evidence to others for your faith in Christ Jesus by what manner you live? Do you believe that others can see Christ in you by the manner in which you live? Now, as we look to the Word of God tonight, your faith is to be on display for others so that they might glorify God. And I see that our, our, our faith is a functioning faith. It's not a dead faith. It's not a faith that doesn't take action. It's a faith that takes action. And there's some functions that are evident in our lives. Some of these functions are this. One is that of assurance. Are you assured of your salvation? And if so, we ought to be able to convey that message to folks. Not only that we show an assurance of our faith, but then secondly, this idea is, is that we're examples. The idea is that we show others. We're an example for others to follow. And then thirdly, this, that we ought to be excited because we are delivered from the wrath to come. <laughs> and that ought to give us confidence. We ought to share with people that the reason we're going to heaven is because of Christ Jesus. He's coming again. And if you want to avoid that wrath, as I have, and there's nothing wrong with having that confidence because my confidence is not in myself. My confidence is in my Savior that I've been delivered. And so Paul tells us this. And so I want to challenge you in your thoughts tonight about does your faith? Is there evidence uh, of by what manner you live that they can see your faith? They can see Christ in your life. And listen, folks, how we behave, our actions, our attitude, our spirit, I want you to know that matters to God. What your attitude is like, it matters to God. And so we ought to really think about our functioning faith, and we ought to show that there's some control in our lives, how we live. And that control is that we're allowing the Spirit of the Lord to control us and we're showing our faith. When you look at what Paul says here, he said, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in the power. Now, what is the power? What's the power? Look right up there. What's it say? Where does the power come from? And so you see that the power is in Jesus Christ, right? So think about this passage now but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, much assurance, much confidence, isn't it? 
much confidence that this is how it's going to go down. And he says to them, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake, he said, listen, how we behave, it was because of who Jesus Christ is and the Holy Spirit of God working in us. And we came to you and we gave you the message. You know what we were when we entered in among you. And I challenge you, do others in your workplace, do folks that you interact with, do they know what manner of person you are when you're out amongst them? So as we think about this, Paul let these fellow believers and those that would listen that the gospel they brought to them was not the words of men, it was the power of God. And so he also stated that this came by much assurance. Assurance is something that's visible, by the way, in the Christian life. Now let me share that with you. Assurance... It's something that's visible. In other words, we have confidence. When someone has confidence, can you tell when, now I'm talking about confidence. I'm not talking about cockiness. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about confidence, okay? And, and listen, how many of us know the difference between the two, right? And, and you see confidence in people. And this confidence that we have is not in ourselves. It's in Christ Jesus. And so as we go and we have this visible part of our Christian life, it's evidence of our faith. And by how we behave, how we live, the words we speak, the works that we have, our daily life, it demonstrates our confidence in Christ Jesus. It shows our assurance in Christ. Paul's saying here, he said, As ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. It was for their sake that they did what they did. They came in amidst them and they said, Hey, listen, we want to tell you about the power. We want to tell you how the Holy Ghost is working. We want to tell you how these things are happening. And they came into their midst. And I want to challenge you in this thought. He said, You know what manner of men we were among you. If you look at chapter 2 and you were to read verses 3 through 10, you see the conduct of Paul and these other men. You see what their conduct was. Here's the challenge to you. What is your conduct like when you're not in this place? When you're not standing in this building, when you're not around other Christians, what's your conduct like? What are you like out among them? What manner of man are you? What manner of person are you when no one else is watching, basically? What are you like? And Paul said, you know what we were like when we were out among you. You know what we were like when we were out among you. This assurance, this confidence. Turn over to Philippians chapter 3 with me. You're there in Thessalonians. Just go back to chapter 3 real quick. And, uh, and of course, Paul here, he was talking about being an example to the believers as well. But in verse 3, notice what he says there in verse 3 of chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. He said, For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the what? Flesh. Not in the flesh. See, Paul went on to explain. He said, look, here's my past. Let me tell you about my past. Let me tell you about my history. And here's what people will do. They'll put confidence in their history, won't they? They'll put confidence in their past. They'll put confidence in things that have already gone by. And yet, Paul's saying, no, that's confidence in the flesh. That's not confidence in me. And so Paul was telling them, you have to have confidence in Christ Jesus. That's that assurance. In essence, Paul is again commanding uh, the believers to do the same as followers of these men and as a, uh, followers of God, that the power that works in them by the Holy Ghost show that confidence, show that assurance, show people that you have a confidence in Christ Jesus. And, and listen, that confidence is to show your faith. So this is made visible in our lives by the manner of men. That word men, as I shared with you, that's neutral. That's not talking about just men alone. It's meaning mankind. What manner of person are you when you're not inside these walls? What are you like? You see, Paul was confident in what he said, 
in that his confidence was in Christ. And he said, you know what manner of men we were when we were out among you. You know what we did. You know how we were behaving. In 2 Thessalonians, you're there in 1 Thessalonians. Turn over to 2 and look at chapter 3 and look at verse 7. And we'll get to this in a later message, but look at verse 7 with me in chapter 3. He said, For yourselves know how ye ought to follow us, for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. <laughs> how do we behave? We didn't behave disorderly among you. And he goes on to explain all of that. Hey, as a Christian, there ought to be some behaviors that are present in our life, and there ought to be some things that are absent from our life. There ought to be some attitudes and spirits that don't exist. You know, I don't believe my God's a sarcastic God, but how many of you have met sarcastic people that say they're Christians? And that sarcasm doesn't go very far. In fact, it turns people off. And, and there are people who become very sarcastic in their life, and, and you say that you're a Christian, and I don't believe for a moment my God's sarcastic. How many of you believe your God's sarcastic? How many of you believe that your Jesus is a sarcastic Jesus? <laughs> And yet, we want to try to draw people to Christ, and we're going to do that through sarcasm. It's not going to work. But we have to know what manner of men we are when we go out amongst people. What's our attitude? What's our spirit? So our assurance is confidence, and it's put on display through our works. And all of our attitudes, all of our actions, our spirit is a function of our faith, and it's evidence of where we place our faith. And let me tell you something. When you have a bad attitude, (laughs) it's not of Christ. When you have a bad spirit, it's not of Christ. When your actions are going against the truth of God's word, it's not of Christ. And so Paul said, hey, listen, you know by what power and the Holy Ghost, and you know by what manner of men we were when we came in among you. What type of person are you when you're not inside the house of God? What type of person are you? Second thing is this. Your faith is to be a pattern for others to follow. He uses this term in verses 7 and 8. He says this. He said, so that ye were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. And listen to this. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord. Man, you ought to underline that in your Bible. He made this statement about them. And he said, listen, you are examples. And he said, from you, listen to me, sounded out the word of the Lord. That's what people know about you there in Thessalonica. And so what do people know about Calvary Chapel Baptist Church in Minster, Ohio? What is being sounded out about us? And I just want to challenge you in your thoughts. Paul says here, he said, they sounded out the uh, the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, because he said you were examples to them over there. You were examples to those folks. But listen, he said, but also, now notice this, you ought to underline this in your Bible, in every place your faith to God word is spread abroad. That's a great testimony, isn't it? What a fabulous testimony to have. In this church at Thessalonica, he's commending them, and he's saying, let me tell you what your testimony is, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but, man, it's spread abroad. It's gone everywhere what your testimony is. So Paul was telling these believers that your lives are a pattern for others to follow. And here's the challenge to you. Do you live your life as a believer in Christ that others can see you and that they would want you? They would want to follow. You would be an example that they would want to follow. They would look at your life as a believer and say, you know what, I want to follow that person because they're following Christ. (laughs) They are an example to follow in their attitude, in their actions, in their spirit, what manner of men they are. I want to follow them. Now listen, Paul was saying to them, listen, this is the testimony that you have. That's a powerful testimony. So what kind of testimony do we have? Listen, 
uh, in, in, in this thought process, Titus chapter 2 and verse 7, it says, In all things, showing thyself a pattern, now wait a minute, of good works. <laughs> now what did he just tell them? And here's the thing, a pattern of good works. That word pattern that's used in the scriptures there in Titus, that's the word typos. That's where we get our word typewriter. It's an expressed image, you know, whenever you would used to hit a key. We don't do this hardly anymore, but you hit a key on a typewriter, you hit an E and an E would come up, right? Or if you hit the shift key, you had all those other things that you could do. But whatever you did, it showed up on that piece of paper. Here's the thing. Titus is telling us that we are a pattern. We're an example. We're a type of good works. And so he's saying to us that we ought to display this to others. Paul is telling these folks over there, you guys were examples. You were the pattern. You were the type that they and others would want to follow. Not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but listen, it was spread abroad about your faith. This is your testimony. And you are those that people would want to follow. 1 Peter 2.21, For even here unto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. If he left us as an example to follow, shouldn't we follow his example? And if we're following his example, would we not be an example for others to follow then? And so you look to the scriptures, you say, well, what kind of example am I? What kind of an example am I? Now, I've made jokes and different things. When I was growing up, I had an uncle that, whom I loved, and, and, and my uncle would tell me all the time, whatever <coughs> you do, don't smoke. Wasn't a good example, was it? And here's the thing. Sometimes we're telling people not to do something that's even present in our own lives. And so the challenge to us is, is what kind of man or what manner of person are you when you're out in the midst of the people? Well, we need to be an example. And so when you look back on your life, we've had some good examples and we've had some poor examples in our lives, haven't we? And by the way, we probably have been a good example. We've probably been a poor example at times. And, and, and what it is is that God's saying, listen, our good works display our faith. And so he says to this church over there, you guys were an example for people to follow. Is Calvary an example for people to follow? And when I say that, I'm saying the people of. <laughs> and so what is our testimony like? What is it like? How do we live our lives as Christians? And in what manner do we exhibit Christ when we go out? Consider your life to be one that would show Christ to others by how you live. You know, and, and, and I don't believe in just lifestyle evangelization, but I do believe our lifestyle evangelizes. I believe there's no doubt about that. How we live evangelizes to other people. Why we do what we do, how we live, the things that we do kind of speak volumes to others. We find that the faith of these Christians spread further than just among their own area. They were on display. Their faith went forth. That word that he says there, it says sounded out. Here's the idea. It echoed out. You know, when I was down in D.C., I used to live uh, down in, in, uh, in Arlington, Virginia. And uh, I used to work for the federal government down there. And I would go into the city. Well, the Canadian Embassy was down there. And on my lunch break, sometimes I used to like to just go over to the Canadian Embassy. And when you would stand outside the Canadian Embassy, you could go under it, and there's this big dome there. And you'd go, hey, 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 hey. And I used to go down there on my lunch hour <laughs> to yell out all my frustrations at the Canadian Embassy. I wasn't mad at the Canadian Embassy. I was just mad at my job. <laughs> but the thing of it is, it would echo out. That's what he's talking about here. It just keeps on going. So whenever you say something and it would echo out, that's what he's talking about. He's saying, listen, it, it had a far-reaching effort to it. 
And so all I would have to do is shout one time and it would continue on, wouldn't it? And so what it is, is what is it like whenever I'm shouting out the name of Christ? When a people are living for the Lord and spreading the word of God, those people in that place becomes an example for others. And so your faith, Thessalonica, he says, spoke volumes. Does your faith speak volumes to other people? What would others say about the faith that you have in Christ Jesus? Do you display an assurance, a confidence in him? Would you be an example for others to follow? And you say, what, what type of example do I need to be? Listen, it says to follow in his steps. <laughs> so what steps did he lay down for us? You know, if you want to know how to live, read about Jesus. <laughs> Look at what he did. Watch his life. Listen to the things he said. Watch how he behaved. Think about what his priorities were and start implementing those in your life. And believe me, it'll echo out. It'll sound out. Our faith, your faith, should be seen by others and it should continue and it's done by our good works. Spreading the word of the Lord and others will see that and they'll glorify God. You know, when, when we lead a life that glorifies the Lord, it sets a precedent. <laughs> it really does. Um, there was a gentleman, his name was Gerard Dutoy. And, and to this day, I love that man. I've only gotten to hear him preach twice. And Gerard Dutoy was from Germany, and he moved from there and ended up in South Africa. And he got saved, and he said these bushmen used to take him into a mountain. They would say, white man, come with me. I want to take you up and we'll go up into the mountains and pray. And Gerard Dutoy used to pray and pray and pray. I remember one time I asked him, I said, would you like to go to lunch? He said, yeah, just come get me because I'm just going to stay down in the room. I'm going to pray. This man prayed. I mean, he prayed all the time. And, and, and I loved being around him. I loved to hear him preach. He said he, he started to memorize the book of Romans, and, and, and he thought that there was no other book to preach anymore because he was just memorizing the book of Romans, and so he was so excited about it. But I remember just wanting to be at that man's feet because he prayed. And boy, when he would pray, he wanted to get a hold of the heart of God. <laughs> and he wanted God to have his heart. Boy, all I wanted to do was be at his feet and learn from him. He was an example. He was an example. And to this day, I think about him. I think about messages that he preached. I think about the times that I was able to spend with that man and pray. And the thing of it is, is he taught me more about my prayer life than I ever would know if I had not spent that time with him. And the challenge to you is, is what kind of an example are we to other people? What kind of an example are we to other people? Do you or are you willing to set a precedent for others to follow? You see, you provide evidence to others for your faith in Christ Jesus when your faith is on display for others to see. It's not to be a high-minded thing. It's that my faith is on display and I'm drawing other people to Christ because of my faith in Christ Jesus. Oh, the last thing is this. Look what Paul said to him here. He said, For they themselves show of what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, for uh, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. I love this because I don't think this is Paul bragging. I think when we serve the Lord faithfully, we show others that we believe in the return of Christ and our deliverance from the wrath to come. We ought to have great confidence 
And of course, we know, uh, if you've read Thessalonians, you know Paul gets into the rapture and he talks about all these things. He's talking about the coming of Christ. And Paul is reminding these folks of this relationship that they have with God. And I don't think he's bragging here because he said, what manner of entering in we had unto you. And the reason we entered into you, guess what happened to these folks when they entered in? You turned to God from idols. That's not bragging. It's bragging on God. But he said, you turned from those idols and you turned unto a living and true God. That's what happened. That was their entering in unto them. Oh, and what did they not have now? Well, they've been delivered. They're no longer on their way to hell. They're set to go to heaven if they've trusted Christ as Savior. The deliverance is the word rescue, and Paul was telling the people that the testimony they had among them and their manner was that from turning them from idols to the living God. And this is not Paul being high-minded in any stretch of the imagination. I don't think this is any different than what Jesus Christ was telling Paul over in Acts, over in Acts chapter 26. Turn over there for just a moment and look at verse 18. And it says this, and here's Paul kind of repeating this, and he's telling these people, when we came in among you, this is what began to happen. And so here's what I'm sharing with you. This is, if you will, uh, a, a command from God. This is the responsibility, if you will, of the local church. This is the responsibility of Calvary Chapel. It's the responsibility that we have to go out into this community. It's the responsibility that we have with people that we work with and people we come in contact with. We have this responsibility. And he's saying, listen, when we entered in among you, you turned from those idols to serve the living God over an axe. He said to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to what? 2618 of Acts. Jesus said, Paul, here's your duty. Here's your responsibility. Here's what you're supposed to be doing. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to what? Light. And he says this, now listen to it, and, and, and from the power of Satan unto God, <laughs> that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Hey, listen. He said, the faith that is in who? Me. Right? It's Jesus Christ, isn't it? The faith that's in us. And he said it's to turn them from darkness to light. Paul's saying here, hey, we entered in among you. And you folks, and this is not high-mindedness, you folks turned from idols to the living God, the true God. And now, <laughs> look at verse 10. And to wait for his son from heaven. That word wait is such a powerful word. <laughs> we might think it's sitting there. <sighs> yeah. It has nothing to do with that whatsoever. You know what it is? The word wait. How many of you went to a restaurant today? Anybody go to a restaurant today? How many of you, the restaurants that you went to had a waiter or a waitress? To do what? To serve you. I love this. And to wait for his son. You're saying, no, it's just sit back and waiting. <laughs> no, it's to serve him. It's not just to sit and do nothing. It's to serve him. You see, if we believe in the deliverance, the rescue, right? From darkness to light, from hell to eternal life, if we believe in that, we're going to serve him. We're going to serve him. Because we know we are delivered, and what we want to do is we want to be an example. 
We want to show our confidence in Christ. And we're going to live in such a manner when we go out among them. What manner of men are we? You see, the manner of men that we ought to be or the type of people that we ought to be is to witness for our Savior. We're waiting upon Jesus, aren't we? We're serving him. You look at this, the deliverance of Christ Jesus unto the soul of man is to be rescued from an eternal hell and given a position of eternal life in heaven. And to wait is to serve our Savior. It's to help move these people from darkness to light. And listen, it's tough today, folks. And, and I use this illustration often. And, and you think about this. We're trying to take someone who's living a heathenistic life and move them to holy living. That's a long journey, isn't it? And because, by the way, folks, we're not even there yet. <laughs> I mean, we're on the journey, but remember when you first got saved? How many of you remember your salvation? How many in here remember getting saved? Amen. Do you remember where you were <laughs> in life? And now all of a sudden you start getting all this stuff about this Jesus, right? And what is it that you want? <laughs> I want to get closer. Submit yourself therefore to God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he'll do what? Draw nigh to you. I remember after I first got saved, I read the book of Matthew, and I was like, I wonder if people know this. I mean, I felt that way. I think people need to know this. I opened up the book of Romans, and I'm thinking, wow. And, and I mean, just the thrill and to know it. And then Brother Dwight Smith came, and he preached, and, and, he, and he preached out of Matthew, and went back and read it again. I said, man, I never saw that before. It's exciting. And you get close to him, and then you say to yourself, okay, what am I supposed to do with all this? You feel like you want to give it away. Anybody feel that way? You've opened the Bible, you've read it, and now you feel like, man, i I got I to gotta go tell somebody this. I told Pastor Nichols, and you can ask him, it's my testimony. I told him I was going to quit my job and just go knock on doors. I said, God will take care of me. He goes, listen, love the zeal, Bob. <laughs> Not sure your wife would be pleased with me if you did that. <laughs> But I really believed. I thought, I really did. I thought, you know what? If I just walk away from this job and just go knock on doors, according to the Bible, he's going to take care of me. Amen. I just really believed it. I told Pastor Nichols, you should have just let me loose at that time <laughs> just to see what would happen. Amen. Here's the thing. To wait upon him is to serve him. Your faith should exhibit your assurance. You should be an example to others. Your faith is a working faith. It's, it's a gift from God. And, and listen, we have been delivered from an eternal hell and given an eternal heaven. That's our deliverance. And when we enter in among people, we ought to have confidence and assurance and we ought to be an example and go tell them about it <laughs> because they too can be released from the wrath of God. They too can be released. Now here's the thing. The wrath to come will not be pleasant and we know it. All you have to do is read your Bible and you know the wrath to come. For those that remain, it's going to be very unpleasant. And the unsaved have nothing but troubled eternity. <laughs> it is hell that we're talking about. Boy, we ought to be stirred up in our hearts. And by what? Let's go back to verse 5. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in what? Power and in the Holy Ghost. With much assurance. So what manner... A person are you when you go outside this place? What type of person are you? As we progress through these letters, Paul reveals the importance of our faith and the display of God's love and the hope that we should have in Christ Jesus. And so I want to just challenge you tonight. You provide evidence to others for your faith in Christ Jesus by how you live. What may